0: Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1. Sponsored by BlackRock Health. Providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort. Enabling swifter recoveries. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Now to the truly remarkable story of Irish football legend Kevin Moran. His sporting career was utterly unique. And in today's world, it seems hard to believe that it ever actually happened. Kevin was both a GAA star for Dublin and a soccer star for Manchester United. And at one stage, he was playing for both teams at the same time. Well, tomorrow night on RT1 television, there's a superb new documentary about Kevin's life and career. And Kevin joins me now. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Miriam. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a superb doc. I watched it. It is a fantastic story, though. It's hard to believe, Kevin, isn't it? It would never happen now, you playing for Dublin and then heading back over to play in a few days for (laughs) Manchester United.
1: I know. it, It sounds absolutely crazy, but As you say, in those days back then, you were able to get away with it a little bit better than now. (laughs) I suppose getting away with it was probably the hardest part, you know, not letting United know what was happening. And the great thing about it was there was no social media or mobile phones (laughs) or anything like that. So we were able to do things that you couldn't get away with now.
0: Incredible. And we'll come back to that. Go back to the beginning for me, Kevin. I mean, you've so many fans here back home. Remind me of your background, your parents, where you grew up, Kevin.
1: Well, we grew up in uh, Rialto in Herberton Park. Um, I'm one of eight. Um, I've got uh, f- f- five brothers, two sisters. And um, unfortunately, my brother, eldest brother, Brendan, passed away three years ago. But everybody else is well and healthy. Most of them all live in Ireland. Uh, we had a sh- shop business um, in um, Meat Street, and then we moved all out to Walkinstown. And my mother, God rest her, she was... The, she was the one that pulled us all together because um, I was only 13 when my father passed away, um, and she had a lot to look after, including two young ones, Maura and Jerry, who was who were both four and three at the time. So she was a remarkable woman to, you know, get us all through as she did do.
0: Really remarkable. Now I gather—is this right? You learned your footballing skills playing in the small front garden with your brothers. I don't think they especially rated your talents, did they? <sighs>
1: I'm not too sure I learned too much from them, to be honest with you, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we had a small front garden, but believe me, in those days, we, we more played out in the streets and yeah. in little laneways more than anything else. You know, my father, he wasn't too happy if he saw us playing in the garden because of his little pride and joy, that little piece <laughs> of land. And uh, more more times than not, it was all um, mucked up and kicked up. So, you know, we tried to stay away from there as much as possible.
0: Now, at what age was your football talent spotted and by whom?
1: Well, it's difficult. I always played Gaelic football in school, in primary school. I played that with James The Street. I remember um, the first medal I won was a hurling medal, would you believe it, with James The Street um, wow. uh, in our final year there in Croke Park. And um, and then after that, when I moved to Drimna the Castle then, once again, it was a Christian Brothers school. So it was only Gaelic football that was played. And I played that for club level and at school level. So I was only when I was under 14 that I actually started playing soccer.
0: Wow. And so, first of all, what sign up came first, Kevin? Was it the Dublin team or Manchester United? Tell me how both came about.
1: Um, well, they they came about at the time I was mainly playing soccer because I'd played soccer with Rangers schoolboy team, which was a really good team with people like Pat Bourne and Jerry Ryan in that in that team as well, who went on to you know great mm. things there, playing playing as well. And then that was it uh, under seventeen and under eighteen. Under eighteen, I went to college for UCD, where I did a BCom. And then while I was there, um, I was mainly playing soccer. I played soccer, as I said, first year mm-hmm. in college was with Rangers. My second year in college, I went to Bohemians and I played with Bohemians for a year. And then my third year in college, I played with the with the UCD team because I got to know the guys while I was there. And I wanted to play um, soccer then. So soccer was my main thing. But also as well, And that third year, because I was playing with the UCD team, I was afforded time then to play Gaelic football on a Sunday. And which I couldn't have done with Bohemians, and then I started playing with Good Counsel, and I was literally only playing with them a few months when the Dublin team, well, the Dublin scouts, I think it was Donald, called for a local Redmond came out to see me play and saw me, and after that they um, they asked me to to come down and play in a friendly game against Kerry down in Tralee
0: So that was the beginning of your Dublin career, and how did the Manchester United job come about? Yeah, like, who spotted you? <laughs> Well, it's it's ironic.
1: When I was mainly playing soccer, the next thing I get spotted by Dublin, in many ways, mm. I wasn't playing. And then from there, I was playing mainly Gaelic. I wasn't playing any soccer. And then I took time out um, after playing the First All-Ireland. I then thought, well, listen, I can play a little bit of soccer now as well for Pegasus, which is the postgraduate team of UCD. Mm. And we had a really good cup run in, during that, in the, in the FAI Cup. And um, as a result of that, the Manchester United Chief Scout Billy Bean, who saw me play and he said to me, would you come over? And at first I kind of went, no, because I'm playing with Dublin. I said, I, I listen, I haven't. I don't think this can happen, you know. I'm yeah. committed with the Dublin team. And he said to me, well, listen, if I come back to you later, I said, come back later and we'll see how it works out. And he did come back and then I it was funny because I said to him, well, how long do you want me to go over for? He says, well, two-week trial. And I said, oh, there's no chance two weeks. So I said, <laughs> I'll give you three days. I said, three days is the max I can go over for. <laughs> uh, and I actually thought, Miriam, nothing would happen. Nothing would come of it. And in the end, I went over for the three days and, and remember after the three days. Dave Sexton was driving me back to my hotel and he says, Kevin, we like what we see. We'd like to offer you a two-and-a-half-year contract. And I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, no. This was not what I was expecting. And I know it seems absolute bizarre to anybody out there thinking, Cracky, how are you thinking about not signing and not playing for Manchester United? But um, there was a lot of hard decisions to make. But in the end, I, I did decide to go over.
0: And what an amazing career you had. But there's a brilliant moment in the doc, Tell it because now I'm not sure of the dates. You were playing for Dublin, but the Dublin guys had to go over and get permission from the Manchester United manager, didn't they? To allow you play for Dublin.
1: Yeah, well, that was in 78. Um, I signed for United on the 1st of February, 78. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously was over there most of that time. But then when the summer came, I came back. And I played say in the in the Leinster um, final against Kildare. I played in the All Ireland semi final um, of that year, and all these games I'd never told United about them, you know. So they had yeah. no knowledge of me playing in these particular games, and they were fine with that. Well, they weren't fine with that. They did. They, they didn't <laughs> know. But at the same time, I wasn't. I was in getting into the first team squad, but I wasn't playing there yet. Um, and then when I got when we got to the final. It was decided by Tony Hanahoe mainly, I think, and Kevin Heffernan that, you know, we can't take a chance on a final. We, we, we better get permission, you know. So mm. they decided to come over and ask Dave Sexton for permission to, for me to play in that particular game.
0: But there's a funny uh, moment, like he probably thought it was a small little thing. And then the Dublin lad said, well, he'd be playing in front of 80,000 people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. well, he wasn't sure. He would no, he'd, he'd no conception of what it was about. I know the guys would have played it down a bit, you know. I and mean, when they went in to see him, I didn't go in. I stayed out of it. I yeah. just let those two go in with him. So I'd imagine they played it down a bit. Oh, yeah, this is a bit of a game final, yeah, and all the rest of it. And, uh, and then he said, well, there'd be a bit of a crowd there. And Tony Hanno was kind of bit uh, don't know how much to tell them, but there'd be 80,000 people there or not, you
0: know. It but is, in, in, the I, end,
1: in the end, he was fine about it.
0: It was fantastic. But, and of course, another element that many people remember, all of your fans, is you were famously, of course, Kevin sent off in the FA Cup final. I mean, it's very moving, actually, in the documentary. I mean, how long did, has it taken you to come to terms with that? Did you ever come to terms with it?
1: It took me on t- about the best part of 40 minutes. <laughs> because because we won the game, Miriam. Yeah. That that's the key. Yeah. The part that would have devastated me was if we lost the game, then yeah. you'd be looking at myself and going, by the way, I we lost that cup final, I got sent off. You know, so that's yeah. where I would have been coming from. But the fact Norman Whiteside scored that brilliant goal and then we were we won the game afterwards, it meant nothing to me I was sent off. You know, being yeah. sent off is not not a criminal offence or anything to be ashamed of you know no. I didn't think it was too bad a tackle either no so the whole idea of being the first player to be ever sent off you know so what's the big deal about that either you know what i mean yeah it's 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 it, to me it was no big deal that's how i'd look upon it uh, but for me the, the main thing was that, that we won the game
0: yeah, absolutely. I thought it was lovely as well, this you're mixing in the dock with all your friends are still your friends. You're still a big fan of both teams. Uh, you still go to Dublin Games, Man U Games. Very few young Irish footballers like you, Kevin, get to play, though, in the Premier League today. Not that many. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult now. You know what I mean? Way more difficult than, than in my day. I, I would have even had a look in, as much as I had a look in back then, you know, if, if it was today's game. And the reason being is because if you look at all the premiership clubs, they're taking in, you know, young kids from all over the world now. Mm. Like in my day, they just came from, you know, uh, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, it was literally the home counties. And there was a trickle of one or two Dutch players coming in, like Arnold Muir and Frank Thyssen and that. And our dealers came over from Argentina and via to sports. So there was a little trickle happening then. But in general, you know, you were able to get a much better chance. It's much more difficult now. But in saying that, there's still great opportunities for the young Irish players to go over and maybe get involved, say, in the championship level and work their way up from mm. there. But but it is so much more difficult to get into um, the top premiership clubs because of the fact that they can just go out and buy whoever they want.
0: There's a, you You still go to Man U games I see you going with your gorgeous son there in the dock, I mean what's your feeling about your club these days, Manchester United
1: <laughs> they're, they're, It's amazing because sometimes they're just frustrating more than anything else they, they yeah. really are, sometimes they can you know turn it on and they can play some lovely football and you think oh they're getting it right and then the next thing you look at them play and you just think oh what are they doing what's he doing, you know I, th- I think they're getting there. I'm hoping the manager, Eric Ten Hag, will, you know, he will be given the time. He, he's had a, an excellent season when you consider he's already won one trophy. They've got into the Champions League. There's a, there's a chance of a second trophy as well. So all in all, you know, you've got to be very pleased with it. But there's a long way to go. You know what I mean? Mm. And you, really, the the hardest part about all this is that Manchester City have set a barrier up there that is so high that you just wonder how can anybody get there? And I know Liverpool got there maybe a year or two ago, but they just seem to have, they they certainly have dropped off a lot since then.
0: Lovely reaction to your interview. I'm going to bring you to Kevin. Um, one of our listeners says, I remember Jim Hanafee, our Latin teacher, encouraging Kevin to play yeah. football in Drim. The castle, great to hear from Kevin, from a former classmate. Do you remember your Latin teacher encouraging you?
1: I do indeed. I remember Jimmy Hanafee very well. He oh. was a Latin teacher and he did teach us as well because he played for Longford. And and here's a good one for you. Yeah. In 76... Right in 76, who do we play? And I was playing for Dublin then it was my first game in the Championship and I was playing centre-forward actually because uh, Tony Hanahoe was injured. Yeah. And who was I playing against? But Jimmy Hanishley he was playing for Longford.
0: Wow, that's such an amazing story. Yeah, yeah lovely right. guy. Um, And some lovely other messages there, Um, just about your career. People saying, thanks so much Kevin for all the joy you gave. Other people, like Kerry listeners saying, Part of your brilliance is your intelligence and your sensitivity and your kindness. And uh, thanks for all the happy days. When you look back, do you feel lucky that you made your career in football? Remember, you were on the path to being an accountant, weren't you?
1: I was. I was going down a different path. And um, I must admit, you know, I was fortunate to have got the opportunity to take a different path and to make the most of it as well. You know, And and it's brilliant. I know there's some lovely words being said all round by different people as well, but all in all, I feel I'm the lucky one more than anybody else to, you know, to have the opportunity of played with such great people. You know what I mean? You look at the Dublin team; we're still as close as can be. You know, we've just come back from a trip to Portugal there two weeks ago, and it was great seeing all the guys again. And and from that, you look at the United guys. You know, you you, you pick it up straight away when you see them again. And then you come to the Ireland days. You know, and they were just fantastic, absolutely brilliant with those guys as well. You know. And, um, you know, I'm the lucky one to be able to say that I was a part of all that. And and I hate to leave out, and it doesn't really get too much of a mention, is Blackburn Rovers. You know, what a great four, four and a half years I had there with Blackburn Rovers when they got promotion to the Premier League. And how well we did in the two years I played with them, finishing fourth and then second as well before they eventually won the league the following season.
0: Well, Kevin, when I said I was interviewing this morning, you people love you in this country. That documentary is going out tomorrow night on RT1 television at 9.35. It's a superb watch. And uh, lots of our listeners saying thanks for all the joy you gave them, Kevin, both playing for Dublin, for Manchester United, and of course, for Ireland. Thanks for everything, Kevin. And thanks for chatting to me this morning.
1: No problem. Thanks, Maria. Mind
0: yourself. And that's it from us for today.